Yes. If you're like me, then you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it in this day and age? But only true fans, real hardcore fans, would know two basic fundamental facts about the both of us. Uh, two absolutely really real and not made up right now on the spot facts about America's hottest podcasting couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, Bunny, the first fact, which is about you, is yes. the fact that you are a talented singer-songwriter in your spare time. Yes. Lately, you have been hard at work rewriting classic Christmas songs for the pandemic coronavirus christmas songs so yes. funny why don't you take some time before the segment start truly starts to tell us about uh, some of the songs that you're working on yeah i also used to be a song and dance man until i fucked up my leg playing for the jets yeah, um, but yeah i'm i'm down to music and lyrics and that's what I wanted to, because because coronavirus just has everyone down, you know. Yeah. Um. And I'm not saying I want to cheer them up as much as I'm saying I want to cut myself into history. Okay, because any coronavirus yeah. song you come out with right around now, it's going to go down in history and legend, kind of like ashes to ashes ring around the rosy, you know? Yeah. It's going to be remembered well past the Beatles. Okay. So yes, I've been working on, on Christmas coronavirus. Um, cause that's the best time to sell suckers. Something really stupid. It's Christmas time. Always. Absolutely. You know, they're just waiting for it with, like, the Salvation Army and all that shit. You know, they, you know. Um, so, trying to do them very Dickens-esque. So, yeah. it's something like, I need a choir. It's something like, coronavirus here, coronavirus here, coronavirus here, coronavirus here. <gasps> all have coronavirus we all have coronavirus we are spreading it well, to our neighbors because we really selfish pigs what let me tell you something bunny do you know if dr elmo is still alive dr elmo because i'm just surprised that that no one has written grandma got covid from a reindeer yes okay you know, I just thought I'd pitch that song idea to you. The song writes itself. <laughs> yes. The song's basically already written in all of our hearts. Yes. You know? Yes, it is. Anywho, the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So this is what I like to do at this juncture. I like to get a story from the history books and reworded via my own unique voice. And that's what this is. Another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. Dun, dun, dun.
or shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. And I got to say, we've done shap for so long that it's really growing on me like a weed or Mariah (laughs) Carey's All I Want for Christmas. What I'm trying to say is shap is inevitable. It's the Thanos of podcast segments. Anywho, today on the old shappity shap shap, we will be discussing the 100% true story of the British pornographer who successfully took down Scotland Yard with his diary. Nice. Okay. Yes, Scotland Yard. It's not in any way related to Scotland, and it's not a yard, but still, Scotland Yard. It was formed in 1829 by the Home Secretary of Parliament, one Sir Robert Peel. And that's important because British police are called Bobbies because Robert Bobby Peel formed Scotland Yard. That's a true fact. Really? That's why they're called Bobbies, because Bobby Peel formed Scotland Yard. Before Scotland Yard, they had Watchmen, which sounds very old school, sounds very like... uh, what are you protecting, Westeros? That's what I think of. <laughs> Watchmen, you know. And then, of course, there's a question of who watches them. But that's a different. That's a different shaft. So Scotland Yard was a new system of policing for Britain. Fun fact: Scotland Yard had a hard time getting over with the people. So you know who helped Scotland Yard get over with the public? You just mentioned him. Charles freaking Dickens. So Charles Dickens became friends with a Scotland Yard inspector in the the early days of Scotland Yard. And the guy's name was uh, Inspector Charles Field. And Charles Dickens was just fascinated with the police and Scotland Yard. And so Charles Dickens would follow Inspector Field. You know, in his day-to-day routine, Charles Dickens even wrote an essay about his friend called On Duty with Inspector Peel, and he even based a character in his novel The Bleak House on his Scotland Yard pal. So uh, Charles Dickens helped Scotland Yard get over, which is wrestling terminology, but I'm pretty sure everybody gets it. Yeah. So Scotland Yard has different branches. Scotland Yard is the name of it, and then there are different branches, and the different branches focus on the different things. There's the SPD, the Specialist Protection Department. They protect non-royalty government officials. Okay. Then there's the Fraud Squad, which sounds which sounds like a sitcom that writes itself. Or uh, or or the fraud squad could be one of those uh, Chicago dramas, uh-huh. Chicago medical, Chicago fire, Chicago police, and now Chicago fraud squad. You know, it sounds like it could be a Barney Miller spinoff. Yeah, Fish was successful, so they did another one, maybe with the Asian guy, and he's heading the fraud squad. Then there's the SO1, which stands for Serious Organized Crime and also the number one. I don't know why the number one is there. Maybe for fun. And our focus today is on the OPB squad. Now, to discuss the OPB squad, let's talk a little bit about British laws. In 1857... 
Britain passed Lord Campbell's Act, which not only banned all obscene publications, but also empowered police to search any place they believed porn was kept for sale or distribution. That's pretty vague and gives the police some pretty overreaching power. It also gave the post office the the right to go through your mail if they thought you were getting porn and then like uh, like charge you and arrest yeah. you you were selling or 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 distributing or getting porn these are vast sweeping powers against pornography in britain in 1857 originally this was passed under the guise of oh Child pornography is so bad in Britain, let's just ban all porn. That will stop it. So it was more of a Tumblr approach to legislation. (laughs) And just like Tumblr, it was fraught with problems. The courts would just the courts would just decide, okay, this book, this book here, this one book, it's porn. Let's raid a bookstore. Hey, you have this book, you're selling porn, and there's just some lowly bookseller there going what and it's like shut up you smut peddler we're throwing you in jail and we're locking away the key and it's like but this is literature this has been we we've been selling this for like decades yeah. to tell me that you have now decided this is porn okay well can can i get someone to defend myself no you smut peddler and you know, just some dude ambivalently selling some romance novel and some British person in a powdered wig now deems it pornographic. It's messed up, is what yeah. it is. There were no checks and balances. It's just... Uh, so then the 20th century hits, and with the advent of moving pictures, porn evolves, and Britain decides to update Lord Campbell's act because that was passed in 1857. That was a long time ago. So in 1959, Britain passed the Obscene Publications Act. Uh, With this new act, it was basically a lot of the same act as before. It was a lot of Lord Campbell's act, except now there were exceptions for works of art and science and literature, uh, etc. It also gave the creator a voice in court to defend his work. Basically... But basically, though, besides that, all porn was banned in Britain. I did not know this, that you can have softcore stuff. Oh, you want to sell a Playboy? That's fine. If there's any penetration, then some bobbies are going to break into your house with their billy clubs and beat the living shit out of you. Yeah. And they're going to throw you in jail and, 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 and throw away the key. It's quite shocking. So in 1959, to enforce the Obscene Publications Act, Scotland Yard created a new branch called the OPB, the Obscene Publication Branch. They were more commonly known as the Porn Squad. The Porn Squad. Porn Squad in color. Tonight's episode, Facial of Death. Now I am suddenly wondering, and may have to search later, but I'm wondering how many porns now have that name. Porn Squad? That's a good question. So the Porn Squad would get wind of some adult bookstore hidden behind some nightclub, and they'd bust in with their clubs and start beating people up, kind of like in Monty Python. Yes. Monty Python skits 
a couple of them do give you a good idea of what the porn squad would be. That's the porn squad. Who's going to stop the porn squad? This finally brings us to the star of the shap, James Humphreys, crooked British pornographer and the man who single-handedly took down the entire porn squad with his diary. Nice. Okay. James William Humphreys was basically born a petty criminal. He was born in South London in 1930, and he quit school at the age of 14 to pursue a serious career in the oftentimes hectic world of crime. Yeah. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a scientist. I want to be a bobby. I want to sell fish and chips. I want to work in crime. Oh, James Humphreys. That was basically him when he was little. So he's like, I'm going to leave school and do crime now. And apparently James was successful because he was arrested a year later for breaking into a house. And then a year after that, he was sent to a reform school in England. Apparently in England, they're called approved schools, which I don't know why they're called that. But anyway, he was sent to an approved school for Grand Theft Auto. And when he was growing up, he, he amassed Quite an impressive record, getting arrested over and over again for um, breaking and entering and theft and theft again, armed robbery, a break-in, aiding and abetting. He tried uh, going straight at age 21 when he married, but eventually he just went back to crime. Uh, But now he's in his 20s. Okay, he's no longer like a teen James Humphreys uh, breaking and entering and stealing stuff. Now he's in his 20s. And uh, his criminal acts are getting bigger. Trafficking in stolen goods, armed robberies. In 1957, he broke into a post office and blew open the doors to a safe where he stole 8,260 pounds worth of money and money orders. In Goodfellas terms, this was James Humphrey's Lufthansa heist. Nice. Okay. And I did the math. Okay, because uh, Wikipedia will just say, oh, he stole 8,260 pounds. So I went and did the math. 8,260 pounds is basically $11,000 in America. But with inflation, this one heist would have been worth over $100,000 in today's money. That's a big ass heist. And so when a big ass heist like that happens in Britain, who gets called? So obviously Scotland Yard is called because this is a big crime. And of course they caught James Humphreys because he keeps getting caught. Yes. I mean, I know he wants to be in crime, but he's not that good at getting away with it. Maybe he should think of a different profession. So he was sentenced to six years in jail. He went to Dartmoor prison And when he got out of Dartmoor prison in 1962, he was in his 30s and he wanted to change professions. So shortly afterwards, after he got out of Dartmoor prison, he opened his first strip club. Now, an important part here, in order to keep local police away from his Soho area strip club, which was very popular with criminals and seedy types. Yeah, he had to pay protection money to a detective sergeant 
tanky chancellor. He was a Scotland Yard detective who worked Soho, and he was told, hey, if you're going to open a strip club in Soho, you have to pay the Scotland Yard detective who works Soho. His name is Tanky Chancellor. Go and pay Tanky. So, so, so he's paying protection to a member of Scotland Yard, and he's running a business in Soho, in freaking Soho in the 60s. And so eventually it's just, oh, this is a lot of money that, that I'm pouring into this strip club. So he decides to move his strip club from Soho to a different neighborhood. And he's like, OK, so this neighborhood, it's not in Soho. It's cheaper. I'll save money that way. Also, now that I'm not in Soho, I won't have to pay a detective tanky chancellor anymore. So that's even more money. So this is good. So he moves the strip club. But Officer Tanky is like, hey. You moved your strip club. You still have to fucking pay me, you son of a bitch. And uh, James Humphreys is pissed off. So you know what he does? He goes to Scotland Yard. Okay. So this uh, this uh, notorious criminal walks into Scotland Yard and it's like, hey, one of your detectives is making me pay like hush money, protection money, and that is wrong. And I demand to press charges. So after that, a thir- after a thorough investigation, of course, Scotland Yard clears corrupt officer Tanky of all charges because police back then and now should not be allowed to investigate fellow police. Okay. Because power protects power. Uh-huh. Sergeant Tanky was corrupt, and Scotland Yard did a so-called thorough investigation and, fa- and cleared Tanky of all charges, despite the fact that he was corrupt as fuck. But James Humphreys is all like, huh, so Scotland Yard turned a blind eye to protection money. Hmm, good to know. I'm going to remember that for later. So James Humphreys opens a strip club and then another strip club, and they're doing really well, and he's raking in the cash. Then he starts opening sex shops and adult bookstores. And again, friendly reminder, under the Obscene Publications Act, softcore porn, Playboy magazine, that sort of stuff is fine. Any and all hardcore porn is illegal. And the OPB, the Obscene Publications branch, the porn squad, will come and beat the shit out of you and throw you in prison forever. So this is very dangerous. But James Humphreys is making money, a shit ton of money. And he says, I think that I can make money off of my strip club and maybe also get Scotland Yard on my side. So this is what he does. He opens up his strip clubs and he opens up his sex shops and he opens up his adult bookstores. And a rival gangster starts opening rival strip clubs and rival adult bookstores. And James Humphreys has such balls. Then he walks right into Scotland Yard and said, hello, I'm a concerned citizen, and I'd like to report someone who's opening up a bunch of seedy adult bookstores. So he straight up walks into the offices of the porn squad and rats out his competition, and the porn squad says, oh, thank you for your service, citizen. Here's some reward money. Okay. And just like that, pornographer James Humphreys now has police contacts. Yes. And he's ratting out any people who open up other strip clubs, open up other adult bookstores. So cut to 
1969, and James Humphreys has multiple strip clubs, multiple multiple porn shops, and he's occasionally an informer to Scotland Yard. So uh, James Humphreys goes, hey, all of my businesses are doing great. I'm going to open one more sex shop. But a police officer tells him, look, you've reached your limit. You open up another sex shop and we are going to come for you. Scotland Yard will come for you and we will take you down. So uh, so James Humphreys is like, oh, I got contacts. I got this. No problem. So James Humphreys goes to his friend who happens to be the head of Scotland Yard's serious crime squad. And they have dinner together. And he's like, hey, so you're the head of the serious crime squad. We're friends. I'm taking you to dinner. The most expensive place in all of London. I am going to pay. You can get whatever you want. And your adorable wife. You guys are amazing together. You know what? I've got this brand new car. It's a Rolls Royce. I was hoping to give it to someone. Maybe I should give it to you. Here you go. Take it as a gift. Also, can you tell me why I'm not allowed to open another store? And the guy goes, oh, well, that's Bill Moody. He's the head of the porn squad. And he is the one who said no to your new sex shop. We would absolutely let you have it because you're really nice and you keep giving us gifts and money. And so, yeah, we would be, yes, but it's this Bill Moody guy who's now the head of the uh, the porn squad. You got to talk to him. Uh, so James Humphreys and his wife take Bill Moody out to dinner. And he's like, hey, Bill Moody, why don't you come out with me? We're going to go to dinner. You and me, me and my wife, you and your wife. I'm going to take you to the most expensive place in all of London. Don't worry. I'm going to pay for it. Get whatever you want. And hey, you know, I would like to give a donation of a few thousand pounds to the porn squad. You're doing great work anyway. Let's get down to business. Why can't I open this? new sex shop and bill moody says okay i'll let you open the sex shop but i've got demands four thousand pounds up front we i get half the share of your sex shop and one thousand pounds a week must go directly to the porn squad so the head of the porn squad is now in business with a notorious pornographer so over the next three years James Humphreys opens 10 more shops, and with that come a lot of dinners with a lot of different members of Scotland Yard. Oh, so you're a new inspector. Hey, I'm a business owner here in London. My name is James Humphreys. Maybe you might have heard of me. Hey, how about you and your wife go out to dinner with me and my wife? The nicest place in all of London. It's pretty expensive, but don't worry. I got you covered. Why don't you get anything you want? You and your adorable wife. You know what? I've got a new boat and I don't really want it. Maybe you and your adorable, lovely wife would like to have it. Here you go. It's a gift. He is taking so many people, so many uh, 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 members of Scotland Yard out for dinners that eventually his day is just filled with these. He will take one policeman out to breakfast Mm-hmm. another policeman out to lunch and another policeman out to dinner. It's almost as if in order to keep Scotland Yard quiet, his new job is just taking people out for food. So basically he was dating Scotland Yard. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. of dinners. What I'm saying, a lot of dinners with a lot of members of the obscene publication branch. 
And these dinners were where the payoffs occurred. A lot of dinners and not just with members of the porn squad, a ton of other Scotland Yard cops were on his payroll that weren't just porn squad, including one Ken Drury. He was the head of the robbery squad. And they were especially tight. They would go out to dinner all the time. It got to the point where Ken Drury was a genuine friend to James Humphreys. And Ken Drury was sort of like the man who would make sure that James Humphreys gets taken care of because James Humphreys is really nice to me and my wife, and we're very close. So much so, they were so tight that, that see, James Humphreys wouldn't always pay with cash. He would sometimes pay with cars and jewelry. And one time when James Humphreys saw that Ken Drury was gaining some weight, James Humphreys bribed him with expensive exercise equipment. So James Humphreys cares. Yes. Is, is what I'm saying. So, okay. Uh, maybe he cares too much because in 1972, British newspapers run the headline, the police chief and the porn king. Okay. Because they are so tight, James Humphreys and uh, Ken Drury, the head of the robbery squad, that they go on vacation together. Okay. They go on vacation together, James Humphreys and his wife, and Ken Drury and his wife, and they go on vacation together, and they, 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 they share a room together, and it's like, oh, sir, would you please uh, sign this hotel book? And it's like, yes, let me sign this hotel book. Ken Drury, Scotland Yard, head of porn squad, head of robbery squad, on vacation with James Humphreys, and here's the date. Maybe you're a bit too comfortable with this uh, criminal. Maybe you should have been a bit smarter because that's not a good thing. Not only to go on vacation with this notorious criminal, but then also to sign it. Pick a different name. (laughs) What I'm saying, like, what the fuck, dude? You're on vacation with a criminal. Don't sign your name on the guest book. What the fuck? Even like, goddamn. (laughs) So ashamed of you. So anyway, um, the news is, is all alike, and people are going crazy, and the news is asking the question, why is a member of Scotland Yard going on vacation with an alleged gangland mob boss criminal? So Ken Drury does an interview. He talks to the press, and he's like, look, let me set the record straight. I was not on vacation with the porn king, James Humphreys. Let me explain it to you. I was on the hunt for an escaped gang leader who believed was in the area, and that's why I was there. And the press said, well, why were you there with James Humphreys? And it's like, oh, well, let me explain that. He was with me on the hunt because James Humphreys is an informant. He returned Queen's evidence in exchange for immunity. He is a rat, or as British people say, he was super grass. Okay. Apparently in England, super grass is the same as rat. So everyone in the press, everyone in Britain, 
just FYI, I was not on vacation with a, uh, a bad guy. James Humphreys is just a rat who we pay for information. And I was hunting someone. He is super grass. He is super grass. And the media went, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. We'll leave Ken Drury alone because now we know that he was hunting someone and James Humphreys is just a dirty, stinking rat. I guess that's the end of the story. Everyone, James Humphreys is a dirty, stinking rat. All's well that ends well. But James Humphreys is pissed. Okay. He is super pissed. He is super ultra mega mega pissed because it's like, okay, uh, so we got away with it and maybe I should let this go. But on the other hand, now everyone thinks I'm a fucking rat and James Humphreys will not let that stand. But how does he enact his revenge? Do I go after Ken Drury? Do I go after uh, who? What do I do? So this is what he does. He decides to just go total scorched earth. Okay. In Thano terms, rain fire. Okay. So, because James Humphreys, he's a bold man. So this notorious criminal does a press conference. Okay. Which is a weird thing for a notorious criminal to do, but he sets he he sets up a press conference and the press is there, and it's like I'd like to tell my side of the story, which is the truth, the one hundred percent truth, and I'm going to tell you the story now. I, we I was on vacation with Ken Drury, and he he we were not hunting someone. He was on my payroll. I was I. I, I was bribing him. I've been bribing <laughs> all of the porn squad, most of Scotland Yard. I have a, I am not super grass. I'm not a rat. I've been paying <laughs> off Scotland Yard. Do, does anyone have any questions? And the press is like, well, why should we believe you? And he goes, well, here's the thing that you might not know about me. Um, I have a diary. And as it turns out, this notorious criminal, James Humphreys, the porn king of Britain, kept a diary, a detailed list of every dinner, every breakfast, every lunch, where they went at the date and time, what they ordered, and exactly how much was paid to who. And he kept this for years in his diaries, which he gave to the press and then gave to the head of Scotland Yard was every single solitary goddamn member of Scotland Yard that he ever paid off. And the press shit themselves. <laughs> and for a small period in time, notorious criminal uh, and pornographer James Humphreys was like a little media darling. And he's like, oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to talk more about my diaries. See, I had a sliding scale of uh, exactly how much money I would pay to who. And it's like, oh, so you're a rookie constable. You get this much money. But if you go up to the second tier and you're a detective, hey, you get this much money. Oh, but now you're an inspector. You get this much money. I have a scale. Here, let me show you my scale. And he would uh, he would get he had a sliding scale. Plus, uh, Scotland Yard officers would help him find other people 
to pay off. Yeah. A big, massive criminal enterprise. So Ken Drury was immediately suspended in March of 1972. And then he himself resigned in May during an investigation. Uh, Scotland Yard decided it started an investigation and they're like, okay, we're going to start an investigation. And then the media was like, hey, maybe you shouldn't investigate it. And Scotland Yard said, fucking, okay, fine. We'll get an independent investigation going. And the independent investigation found, quote, the most corrupt organization in all of London. Not James Humphreys, but uh-huh. Scotland Yard. And so people were fired. The entire porn squad was fired. Uh, 13 people were arrested and did hard time. And Scotland Yard was forced to reform its tarnished image. And all of that because James Humphreys kept a diary. Okay. I love the story of the pornographer who uncovered corruption in Scotland Yard. I I was thinking, like, if I had to categorize categorize him, he is definitely in the Larry Flint category. Yeah. You know, like, Larry Flint, no matter how you cut it, is just really kind of a shady fucking dude. You know? Yeah. But at the same time, you can't always say he's wrong. You know what I mean? Like, he has yeah. a certain yeah. kind of strange likability. Yeah. So, uh, so that's basically it. Uh, here's a little bit of a uh, epilogue. Uh, James Humphrey stayed in the world of crime. He was in and out of jail. He started making meth in the 80s. He was running illegal brothels in the 90s. He died in 2003. And fun fact, in 1995, Scotland Yard was like, hey, you guys remember the Obscene Publications Act that made all porn illegal in Britain? Well, uh, now apparently there's this thing. Uh, it's called the internet. And so long story short, we're getting rid of the obscene publications act. So in 1995, they got rid of it because Britain was like, Oh, with the internet, there is no way to enforce this at all anymore. We can't do it. So they threw it away in 1995. Uh, but the porn squad is still a thing. It just focuses on uh, child pornography and getting rid of, of stuff like that. So I think this is a really interesting story. I had no idea that that porn was illegal in Britain for it, the longest it time. It reminds me of the video nasties just on a much fucking grander scale. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's a fascinating story. Fascinating story. With the whole the whole same well, it's porn if we call it porn. Yeah. It was basically the, the same thing they did with the video nasties, because like you you you've I've seen a lot of them that's like there is absolutely this movie is mainstream. There's absolutely no yeah. reason for it to be on a video's nasties list. And this is the yeah, same kind of thing. Like, what's yeah. what qualifies as porn is what they say is porn. Yeah. Don't 
don't ban Caligula because it's porn. And don't ban Caligula because it's a video nasty. Ban Caligula because it's a nigh unwatchable piece of crap. Yes. But not because it's a video nasty, is what I'm saying. Yes. So 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 that's Steve's historic approximation this week. Next week we will be talking of about the true story of the uh, British invasion band that miraculously gave birth to one of America's biggest bands of the 80s. Yes. Bizarre story that I had no clue uh, actually happened, but we will be talking about that next week. So join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's Historic Approximations! Yes. And cut on that. <laughs>